<laughs> well, good morning, Victory. You know, wherever I go, I ask the same question at the outset every time I've asked it, every time I've been here, but I just want to be certain. How many happy people do I have here this morning? Uh-huh. Now, a couple of you didn't wave. I-, I never know if that means you're not happy or you're just out of the will of God. So we'll give you another run. If you're happy, wave your hand like this. Amen. How many of you have something to be happy about? How many of you are happy that this next year is going to be the best year of your life? Say this to me. My best days are ahead of me. My happiest days, they're ahead of me. My most prosperous days, my most productive days, my healthiest days, all of it ahead of me. Best joke I've ever heard. Best biscuit I've ever had. All of it ahead of me. Amen. How many of you understand that's where your life is? Everybody look at me. That is where your life is ahead of you. It's so easy in this life to live like this, looking back. Paul said, this one thing I do, I'm forgetting whatever's behind. Philippians 3.13, this one thing I do, I'm forgetting whatever's behind. Say that with me. I'm forgetting whatever's behind. Everything behind me is part of my past. And I've been set free from who I used to be. Say it again. My best days, they're all ahead of me. Amen. Man, I hope you'll, you'll get your mind in gear in that way. She said something a while ago that is so true. I'll say it to you this way. Your life is always moving in the direction of your dominant thought. So your life is always moving. You're never still. Some of you feel like you've been going backwards. But you're never still. You're always going in a direction. And your life is always moving in the direction of your most dominant thought. The Bible says where your heart is, that's where your treasure is also. And so I just want to encourage you as we are on the precipice of a new year that you get your mind renewed. Let me ask you this. When you got born again, did you get a new brain? Disconcerting, wasn't it? (laughs) I mean, some of you had high hopes. But why didn't the Lord change your mind? Why didn't He give you a new brain? Well, He didn't change your mind because we can. How many of you here have changed your mind? Raise your hand, ladies. (laughs) That's estrogen's spiritual gift. (laughs) changing that mind. How often do you have to change your mind? Daily. Daily. See, when you get born again, God changes the one part you couldn't. He changes your heart. But He leaves your mind up to you. And so the Scripture says you have to renew your mind. Romans 12 says, Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to do that daily. You have to do that daily. As many times as I've been here, if you've never got it, back on that table, I brought a CD this morning. It's called, I've Changed My Mind. Everybody put your hand on your hip. Get kind of a sassy look. You've done this before, haven't you? She went from zero to sass in like half a second there, and she had the head thing going too. I didn't even tell you about the head, but you did it. Put your hand on your hip, everybody. 
Say it. I've changed my mind. You have to renew your mind daily. You have to renew your mind daily. Every day when you get up, your mind is going to ask your spirit, who's the boss? Is it going to be you or is it going to be me? i got to know. Because how many of you know somebody is leading your life? And if you allow your emotions to lead your life, how many of you know somebody that's real emotional? I mean, clearly it's, it's none of you. But how many of you know somebody? Their emotions are all over the page. If you live your life according to your emotions, it's going to be up, it's going to be down. You love him today, you hate him tomorrow. Baby, I love our life together. You've given me such a wonderful life, and then he snores that night, and your dominant thought is, kill him. Kill him. Just hit him with a big rock. Nobody will know. Hit him. <laughs> See, that's why you can't live according to emotions. And that's why you have to take captive your thought life. The, the CD's called, I've Changed My Mind. It'll be a blessing to you. And so I just want to exhort you in that way that as with this new year comes, get your mind in order. Get your mind in line. Get your mind in line with the Word of God. Get your mind in line with the Word of God. Amen? Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, get your mind in line. Amen. Well, my name's Kim Clout. As Mira said, I have been coming here 20 years. How many of you here have never heard me? Raise your hand if you've never heard me. A few of you. Real quickly, a little etymology on my life. I grew up in church, literally. Uh, my family did tent revivals. How many of y'all remember tent revivals? You're going to have to have gray hair or no hair, of which I have both boxes checked. I grew up walking on sawdust, literally. My family had a tent, seat 2,000 people. They'd come into a city, had church every morning, 10 o'clock, every night, 7 p.m. We didn't have a house till I was seven. I grew up on a bus. My family did gospel music. She's right. They're in the Gospel Music Hall of Fame. In our family, if your name is Clout, you make music for Jesus. That's the law. And so my dad preached and ministered all over the world. 63 years he preached in 115 countries. His dad, my grandfather, preached 78 years. That ain't how long he lived. That's how long he preached. Check this out. Was married for 72 years to the same woman. Drop the mic. <laughs> you know that's God. If you're married 72 years, he's happy every day I saw him. I used to say to him all the time, how do you stay happy? Because she could be hard to live with. He said, well, it's easy. I just do whatever she tells me. Hey, man, that's right. It's a wise man over there. Things will go better with you today, I guarantee. So I come from a long line of love, a long line of ministry. I myself, this is my 40th year of full-time ministry. Uh, my wife and I started out, uh, well, I, before I, I met her, I was making music. Anybody remember the band Mylon and Broken Heart? Anybody remember that band? Used to play in that band. I uh, met Susan, who would become my wife while I was in that band, and she didn't want me on the road. Oh, 275, 300 days a year. And, uh, and, and she trained me early on that many times the voice of the Lord has the sweet ring of estrogen. And so I quit the band. Uh, and we went into staff ministry in the Atlanta, Georgia area. I did that for 10 years. But the last 30 years we've been in full-time travel ministry. If you're not familiar with our ministry, there's four portions to it. We have a Bible teaching ministry. Y'all like good Bible teaching. Come on, y'all. Uh, we also have a music ministry. Give that praise and worship team a hand. That was good music. I'm going to play a little for you at the end. I call what I do. Let me hear y'all say Holy Ghost Soul. 
and sanctified blues. Amen. And then we have two outreaches. You partner with us in that. We do mission work among Native American people. We have for 30 years from the Seminole in Florida to the Choctaw in Mississippi, the Navajo, Pima, Zuni, and Apache in the Four Corners area of Southwest, up in the plains of the Dakotas, Montana, Wyoming, the Sioux, the Assiniboine, the Crow, the Cheyenne, and the Arikara. And to all of them, I've taught you this word, to all of them we take Hwashte. Everybody say that, Hwashte. Slight H sound first, Hwashte. You may remember, what does it mean? It's a Lakota word, by the way. Good news, that's exactly right. We take them the good news of the gospel because they're dying to hear it. Figuratively and literally, Native American people are dying to know the truth. But how many of you know it don't matter what DNA you got, when you hear the truth, it sets you free. And so although alcoholism is the leading cause of death among Native American people, they're no different than you and me. When they hear the truth, they get set free. Amen? And so that's what we've endeavored to do for 30 years is to take them the truth of the life-changing power of Jesus Christ's blood. We've also got an outreach to cowboys. Jesus died for everybody, y'all. So we may have the only cowboy and Indian ministry in America today. And we reach them all. My wife sings, preaches. She does entire services sitting on her horse. How many of you here get her newsletter already? Raise your hand if you get it. Many of you do. If you don't, it's only because you haven't signed up. It's free. Is it good? She does an excellent job. If you love a different perspective on teaching the Word of God, she uses the horse to teach you biblical principles. Now, that may seem a little strange to you unless you've read your Bible because how many of you know the horse is mentioned in Scripture more than any other animal? It's true. And Jesus is coming back on one. I rest my case. So even if you wouldn't think of yourself as a horse lover, I guarantee what she does will bless you. Again, on the table is a little sign-up sheet. Just put your email address on there, and you'll start receiving it. Again, I promise it'll be a blessing to you. I got a good word for you today. Look at your neighbor and say, I believe this is going to be a good one. There's two truths that I want to touch on this morning. One of them is found in Proverbs 18.21. It says, for in the tongue is the power of what? Life and death. How many of you have heard that before? Raise your hand, you just did. For in the tongue is the power of life and death. Think how critical life and death is. You can't have any more extreme than life or death. And the Bible says the power of life and death is where? In your mouth. And the other truth I want to touch on is Romans 10, 17. It says, for faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. Faith comes how? And hearing what? All right, you've heard, if you've been around churchdom at all, you've heard those two truths before. Today, I want to help you to understand why that's true. And it goes all the way back, as everything does in this life, to Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis 1, if you literally open your Bible to the very, very first scripture that's there, it says, in the beginning, the world was void. It was covered with darkness. And then if you look in verse 3, something dramatic happens. The first time in recorded history that we know. No doubt it had happened before, but now it's been recorded that in verse 3 it tells us, God spoke. And God said. Everybody say that on three. One, two, three. And God said, let there be light. Now, perhaps you've been taught that He created light. The accurate truth is, He simply 
released it. Because God's mouth is the source of all light. He didn't have to do anything and bring it forth. He just opened his mouth and released it. Say this to me every time. Every time God opens his mouth, light comes forth. Let me all say that's good. Every time he opens his mouth, light comes forth. And God said, let there be light. Look at verse 6. Once again, how does verse 6 start? And God said, after God spoke and created life, excuse me, light, He began to create life. And He said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. Go to the next time there, brother. I believe it's verse 9. In verse 9 it begins, And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 begins the same way. And God said. Look at verse 20. It begins the same way. And God said. Why do those verses 3, 6, 9, 14, and 20 begin, And God said. Everybody look at me because I want you to get this. Because every one of those verses mark a day of creation. And creation begins how? With the mouth. Look at me. What I'm sharing with you here is the foundation truth of this life you're endeavoring to live, the Christian life. Every day of creation begin with God's mouth. Because in the mouth is the power of what? Life and death. God created light and God created life with His mouth. Every time He opens His mouth, life comes forth. Every time He opens His mouth, light comes forth. And every time He opens His mouth, life comes forth. Now He created the trees that cover the earth. He gave every tree, everything He created, an order and a purpose. And then in verse 20, He began to create the creatures, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. Look at verse 21. And as God created all of them, He saw what at the end? That it was good. And then in verse 22, He does something that's very unique, and you need to get the heaviness of this in your spirit today. In verse 22, God blessed them. He actually spoke to the birds and the fish, to all the animals. My question, don't answer out loud, but I want you to think about it. Why did He speak to them? Furthermore, why did God speak in verse 3, 6, 9, 14, and 20? Why did He speak? Because you would think if He can create, He could have just gone, huh, and life would have come forth. He could have just gestured in a direction and trees popped up. He could have just trickled his fingers and the fish would fill the sea. But he didn't. In every day of creation, he spoke. And it is because God created the world from the foundation that everything, the trees, the rocks, the fish, the sea, everything would be activated by the Word. Everything would be activated by the Word. Even the animals. God looked at them and He spoke to them. How many of you here have an animal? Dog, cat, whatever. Bird, you talk to them? They respond, don't they? You know why? They, like every other living thing, were created to hear. And faith comes how? And hearing what? That's good, y'all. 
Everything activates by words. Even the animals. God blessed them, said, be fruitful and multiply. Raider, he created, verse 26, he creates mankind. He said, let us make man in our own image. You see, God created with his mouth. How do you create? Yeah. Say this to me, every time. Everybody in this section say, every time I open my mouth, I create the world I live in. Middle section, let me hear y'all say, God created the world. I create my world. Section over there, let me hear y'all say, I got the marriage I got. I got the kids I got. I got the health I've got. Because of my words. Because in my mouth is the power of life and death. I'm created in the image of God. Just like Him, I release life with my mouth. It's true. You're created in the image of God. The entire world was created to be activated by words. And that is why faith comes by hearing. You've been created from the moment you were formed in your mother's womb and the first cell separation took place. In your DNA, not of your mom and dad, of God, is the ability to hear. And not just hear, but hear the Word of God. You were created. Everybody do this. Everybody do it. Put your hand up there. So you don't have your hand up there. Put your hand. Don't make me come. That's right. You may not know me well. I will come back. Put your hand up like this. Everybody kind of lean in. Say, what? My wife, it bugs her because I go, what? And she goes, Kim, put your hand down. You look like an old man. I said, well, I want to hear what you say. Well, don't put your hand up. I said, it helps. She said, it does not. I said, why do you think the Lord created your ears facing forward? Of course it helps. How many of you know if your ears are facing the other way, you couldn't hear what's ahead of you? Nobody talked behind your back. Do it again. Everybody lean in. That is how you get faith. Many of you feel like you haven't a con- Look at me. I have you look at me because I want you to get what I'm getting ready to say. It's important. Many of you feel like a failure because you haven't accomplished the visions and dreams you had purposed in your life to do. You're thinking, I'm 60. Now it's too late. You're thinking, I got enough loose skin. If they did a facelift on me, they'd have enough loose skin to make me a pair of gloves and a hat. If I had a tummy tuck, they could make me suitcases to match. Many of y'all feel like when you get up, you walk like Quasimodo. Every time you sit down, oh. And when you get up, oh. And you're feeling like, I've lived my life and I didn't accomplish. My grandfather was 98. He decided to die. That's the truth. He was fine. But his wife, my grandmother, who he was married to for all them years, she died before him. Three months later, he decided. He said, I ain't got nobody to tell me what to do. That's what he said to me. And he said something that I've never forgotten. He said, you know, son, he said, I get around people who are 60 and 70. They're young men. He was 98. And he said, they're full of regrets. He said, if you listen to them, they'll tell you all the things they regret. I regret I did that. I wish I hadn't have done that. He said, when you get to be my age, 98, you don't regret what you did. He said, I don't remember most of what I did. 
He said, you know what I do regret? What I did not do. And it's easy to feel like I'm 60, I'm 70, I'm 50, I'm 40, and I haven't done. I may never get to do. And that's why it's so important you remember in your mouth you shape and create the world you live in. And if you've not accomplished yet what you intend to, if what you've been desiring and dreaming for hasn't come to pass yet, don't give up. Keep your mouth in line with the Word of God. Everybody say, speak life. Speak blessings. Everybody look at your hands. Go and look at them, both of them. Or as we like to say, both of them. Both of them. Look at your hands. Show them to your neighbor. Go ahead. Say, look at my hands. Say, I got blessed hands. Say, everything I touch prospers. Look at your feet. I'm going to give you a minute because some of y'all got to look longer than others. <laughs> Point at your feet. Say, those are blessed feet. Say, everywhere I put these feet, God gives that ground to me. It's never too late to speak the truth. You may have squandered 30, 40 years, but the Lord said, I'll restore to you what the locusts have eaten. Get your mouth in line with the Word of God. How does faith come? And hearing what? Amen. How is it that in the tongue is power of life and death? Because it started that way from the outset. God created the world to be activated by words. That's why animals respond. Are you aware they did a test, a study years ago? They took river water and they put some in a little vial and some in another vial. And they took one vial and they put it in darkness, literally a dark room. And all they did was pump into it terrible sounds and literal curses. I'm talking about human beings cursing, curse words, profanity to this little vial of water. They took another vial and they put it in a room full of light. And all it heard was blessings. You can do anything. How many of you ever had a mom that told you you could do anything? She should have if she didn't. How many of you had a daddy that told you of all of them you was doing it the best? You should have. If you didn't, let me tell you something. You have a heavenly father who has said, when I look at you, I see no stain upon you. Who says, I withhold nothing good from you because your walk has been made blameless through my son Jesus Christ. You have a heavenly father that speaks nothing but blessings. Who says, I know the plans that I have for you. To give you a hope and a future. To bless you and not to curse you. God created the world to be activated by words. And so what I want you to understand is if you haven't seen it happen yet, get your mouth in line. How are you going to get your mouth in line? It starts with your mind. Put your hand on your hip. What's the ghetto? Thank you. I got one person here. Who said that? You get 500 points for the bonus round, sweetheart. That's right. Y'all didn't even know there was a bonus round. Everybody put your hand on your hip. What's your line? I've changed my mind. Start today. Start today. Renew your mind. Change your mind. Get your mouth in line with the Word of God. Amen? Everybody say, speak the Word. Quickly. Mark 11, verse 20. Mark 11, verse 20. The story thus far. Jesus and the disciples had been walking along, and they passed a fig tree. And Jesus went to this fig tree. And let me ask you, what can you reasonably expect to get from a fig tree? 
of course, figs. So he goes to the fig tree, and what's up with the fig tree? Figless. Figless. Say it, figless. Say it in an exclamatory fashion. You're figless. How many of you have known people in your lifetime that were figless? I think we've all known that. You're figless. He goes to a fig tree, no fig trees, no figs. He curses the fig tree, and they go on. Later the next day, they come back past that same fig tree, and if you look at Mark 11, let's start with verse 20, brother. It says, they went along, they saw the fig tree. Not a fig tree, they saw the fig tree. And what's up with the fig tree now? Why? Because life and death is where? Jesus cursed it, it died. It withered from the roots, from the bottom up. It withered. And when it did, Peter remembers and goes, Rabbi, look! Golly! Shazam! Come on, y'all, I'm in North Carolina. A little Andy Griffith reference, you know, couldn't hurt here. Shazam! Golly! That fig tree you cursed, what's happened to it? Did Jesus go over to it and go, it really has? No. Notice, Jesus didn't even respond in a way that at the beginning you could really equivalent with what Peter had just said. Peter points out the fig tree, blah, 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 look at the fig tree, blah, 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 withered. What does Jesus say? Have faith in God. The accurate rendering here is have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. Quick question here. How many of you in this room feel like you have the same faith Jesus has? Uh-huh. A few of you. Some of you aren't committing, you're just looking at me longingly. <laughs> Fact is, you have the exact faith Jesus has. Is that in the Bible? Let me hear y'all say, is that in the Bible? Say, where is that in the Bible? Romans 12, 3 says, He gave unto every man the measure of faith. So if God handed you faith, what kind did He give you? Yeah, I mean, He didn't go to big lots to get it. He gave you His faith. Amen? Everybody over there say, I got the God kind of faith. Center section. Over there. Sound booth in those other regions. Thank you. Thank you for helping them, Mira. When you're in leadership, you have to esteem the needs of others, don't you? That's right. Everybody in the room say it. And where did you get it? God gave it to you. So Jesus says, come on, Peter. You got the God kind of faith. You shouldn't be standing around marveling at a fig tree because I cursed it. Instead, you should be what? Speaking to mountains. You should be speaking to mountains. Now let me ask you so I'm sure if I got the right demographic. How many of you here have a mountain in your life? The rest of y'all going to lie, are you? In church. How many of you here got a mountain in your life? Yeah. Some of you may have a whole range of them. Your mountain may be diabetes. Your mountain may be glaucoma. Your mountain may be 
that you've got cancer. Your mountain may be that you've got depression. Your mountain may be the indebtedness of your life. Your mountain may be I'm divorced. Your mountain may be I'm an alcoholic. Your mountain may be my parents gave me up. Your mountain may be my husband committed adultery. Your mountain may be I've got arthrosclerosis. Whatever your mountain is, what did Jesus tell you you should do? Speak to it. Wonder why. Because the entire world was created to be activated by what? Words. That's why Jesus said, you should speak to your mountain. Look at your neighbor and say, you ought to speak to your mountain. Now I'm saying this because how many of you know human nature, admittedly just a small demographic of human nature, sees a mountain and what do they want to do? Climb it! Harriet, give me a flag. I'm going to the top. Now you understand, that's not me. I'm a musician. <laughs> but some of y'all, that's your whole thing. Climb this thing. You're type A people. The light turns green. It's green. It's green. Move. Let's go. Let's go. We're being robbed here. Let me ask you, did Jesus tell you all to speak, to, I mean, climb your mountain? No. And you know, here you are after all these years and you've been trying to climb. What do you got to show for it? Well, scuffed up knees. You got your elbow in a sling, three concussions, and you feel like a failure because you've yet to make it to the top. But you're not a failure. God never told you to climb your mountain. And others of you sitting out there like going, tell them! That's right! Because some of y'all think, I would never climb anything I could go around. (laughs) Your whole mantra is, give me that GPS. Let's get around this thing here. We're going around. Some of y'all avoid conflict at any cost. You're going to go around it. You always go around trouble. You go around hardship. You go around things that require real work. And even though that may give you a respite of peace inside, you feel like I've failed. Because you've been going around your life all these years and you've yet to get to the other side. But you're not a failure. You just need to change your mind. God never told you to go around your mountain any more than he told you to climb it. What did he tell you, however, to do? What did he equip you, however, to do? And what will move that mountain? Words. Everybody in this little section right here, all of you stand up. I want you to just imagine that the mountains of your life, whatever they are, are directly in front of you. Point at them right now, every one of you. And say this, in the name of Jesus, move! Y'all give him a hand. That was good. Glory to God. Glory to God. Some of you wishing and hoping that your mountain would move. Wishing and hoping ain't going to get it done. Wishing and hoping is not a plan for your life. God created the world to be activated by words. That's why He spoke 
to everything He created. Even the inanimate objects. They hear His voice. And they'll heal yours. Because you've been created in the image of God. Say it. In my mouth is the power of life and death. I choose to speak life. I choose to speak blessings. See, you have a choice every day. How many married women we got in here? Raise your hands. I guess girls if you're married. Now, you don't need me to tell you. You set the tone in your house, don't you? Yeah. You do? That's right. Ladies, you have the ability every day to either use your mouth to build your house up or to tear it down. And which determines which happens? You. Your mouth. It's a choice. Every day you have the choice to speak blessings. You have the choice to speak blessings over your children. You have the choice to speak blessings over your mate. You have the choice to speak blessings over your finances. Let me tell you what won't work. We're going under. Well, that does it. That does it. Just take your hands off the wheel. There's no point staring anymore. Our life's over. Every day, ladies. Every day. How many of you know you can never go, time out. T- time out. Curses, curses, filth, filth, curses, curses. Okay, time in. Every time you open your mouth, you're releasing power. And God created you to do that. I mean, this isn't unique to you. All of humanity was created to release the power, the creative force with your mouth. It goes all the way to the beginning. It was true then. It's true in your life today. Your mouth governs your life. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. As I was studying how to minister to you today, it's such a privilege when Pastor Mitch calls me and says, I'm going to be out of town. It's, it is the most precious thing to me when a pastor has said, I'm going to be gone away from my people. I trust you. I never take this opportunity lightly. And as I'm preparing how to minister, I don't want to just come in here and speak to you for 40 minutes and you walk out of here and you're already ordering your food and you forgot what I said. I want to speak something into your life that you remember it till I come next year. Till you remember it if I come 20 more years. I want to deposit a truth into your life that you will not only remember, but which will change your life. And God showed me there is no greater truth than what I've shared with you today. That in the tongue is the power of life and death. It started from the outset, from the very beginning. In the beginning, God said. And now He's tagged you in. His creative power has been deposited into you. And every day you have the ability to create life or death, chaos or peace. And you do it with your mouth. I'm going to exhort you the same way God exhorted the children of Israel. He said, choose life. Choose blessings. It's better. You can alter 
the course of your life and what takes place. Today can be the intersection of all times for you as you choose life over death and blessings over curses. The healing can start in your family in every relationship in your life when you choose to speak life. 